Hey everyone, welcome back to I Want to Be A here on LJN Radio, where we speak with professionals in a variety of industries and fields so they can give you some tips and the inside track on these particular positions. I'm your host, Tim Muma. You're listening to part two of I Want to Be a Pilot with Pedro Reguero, a passionate and experienced pilot with Southwest Airlines. Our conversation continues with a look into the flying schedule and routines during a week, as well as some of the specific requirements that play a role. You know, when we're talking about this idea of trying to land a job and become a pilot, are there any restrictions in terms of things that um, would maybe eliminate you from consideration? I mean, I'm thinking even like um, vision-wise or some sort of health concerns. I mean, are there things that if people are struggling with that they're just they're not going to be sort of passed along to become a pilot? Believe it or not, I'm going to answer that with not really. Oh, okay. Uh, you have to be fit. Sure. You you have to maintain a certain. You got to stay in shape. And and why? I'm just curious. Why why is that exactly? Because people obviously are just thinking when well, you're sitting in an airplane. So what? Why is there a, a an emphasis on still being fit in some way? Well, uh, because you want the person flying the aircraft to be healthy and not having some sort of an issue that will prevent <laughs> him from flying the airplane. <laughs> okay. In a in a safe way. So, the FAA requires us to pass a physical. And uh, when you're a captain of a commercial airline, you, pla- you take a physical from a, uh, they call it AME, Aviation uh, Medical Examiner, okay. and the, uh, uh, every six months, and he confirms that you are, you're a healthy person and gives you a flying physical license, basically. So you have that, and uh, if you're flying in the right seat, the uh, requirements are just a little bit more relaxed. You have to take a physical once a year. Okay. But everybody has to take a physical. Right. And even even when you when you start flying as a uh, as a private pilot, uh, at the beginning you have to also take a physical, and they they have different requirements. Like for example. The more advanced you get into, the more advanced the physical is. So, for example, I take an EKG once a year, hmm. uh, electrocardiogram for the heart. There's, they just want to see that you are fit and healthy so that you can transport your passengers properly and, and safely. Well, let's get into that a little bit in terms of sort of what your typical day is like. And I know, you know, and we talk with a lot of different people, and I know days can change here or there. But if you were just sort of describing what your typical day was like, um, you know, I mean, even like the type of hours maybe you're you're working or how it works in terms of flying to one area and then coming back or flying elsewhere, um, just sort of give people an idea of really what goes on uh, sort of a day-to-day basis for, for you as a pilot. I'll tell you what, I'll use the example of this week's trip. Perfect. Uh, on Monday, I actually prepare for my trip. I got my bag ready with all my uniforms and clothing and, and whatnot. And uh, on Tuesday morning, got up really early, about 4 a.m., and went to the airport. You sign in. You check in on the computer. You review that you don't have any messages on the computer. And you go to your mailbox. Everybody, every pilot has a mailbox. And you take any paper items that need to be uh, incorporated into your publications because Everything has rules, and, and publications are kept electronically and also on paper form, mm-hmm. and you are responsible to keep them all in shape. So you, you put all that information in your bag. That's why pilots, you see them carrying those big bags right. that look like a, <laughs> like a briefcase. Mm-hmm. Well, they're full of, uh, they're full of charts and, and approach plates and things like that. So once you get everything squared away and you are basically ready to go fly, you actually walk over to the airplane. You perform a pre-flight. Uh, exterior around the aircraft and interior in the cockpit. 
the flight attendants would be performing the pre-flight in the cabin, we both exchange information, the airplane is in good shape, and the flight attendants would say, uh, we have everything in the cabin that we need, and everything is in, the, the equipment has been checked. Sure. That's basically what they say. Once that is done, other parts of the airport start working. They get the airplane ready and loaded. Uh, the operations agent comes with the paperwork and gives it to you. You use that paperwork to figure out your your takeoff information, airspeed, and what kind of a configuration the airplane needs to have in order to get airborne, which varies depending on, on the length of the runway and and what uh, weight the aircraft has that day. Because depending on how much fuel and how many people, the airplane could weigh from 150,000 pounds to 110,000 pounds, for example. Okay. So there's a, there's a difference. Right. So once you do that, you basically are pushed back, start the engines, you taxi, you perform several checklists, uh, like before start, before push, uh, the after start uh, flow that we do to, perf- uh, to ensure that every switch is in the correct position, and then the before takeoff checklist, and then you actually are ready to take off. So we've done probably five or six checklists before we even get airborne. Then you get airborne, and, and you go from point A to point B, and then you do other checklists in preparation for landing, descent checklist and approach checklist, and, and, and you... Uh, land the airplane properly, and you taxi it over to the gate, and the sequence starts again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it can be two times a day all the way to six, seven times a day, depending on the uh, segment length that you're, that you're flying on that trip pairing. So, I mean, do you have, are there certain requirements in terms of you sort of having a rest period before flights or um, in terms of how, how many hours you're sort of on, on duty? I guess, how does that work in terms of, of your hours and, and, and the amount of time you're actually flying? Absolutely. We are allowed to fly eight hours per day okay. in the air from pushback to the time that the aircraft comes to rest back on the next gate. That's called, that's your block time. So you can actually fly eight hours of block time per day and uh, 30 hours in seven days and 100 hours in one month. Okay. So we, we have a computerized system and our flight crew scheduling uh, team, they keep track of those hours just to, main, to, just to ensure you're actually legal to fly by the regulations. So, so yes, eight, eight, uh, we call it 30 in seven, no more than 30 hours in seven days. Sure. So yeah, there are limitations. So that's why you see uh, pilots, for example, landing in on, on Tuesday, for example, I took off out of Dallas, went to Albuquerque, went to Phoenix, went to Tampa. We got off in Tampa, but that aircraft continued. Okay. Uh, to the northeast, and and that was another set of pilots because we were already at seven hours and five minutes. So, so of block time for the day. So we went to the hotel to rest, and that I'm going to answer your rest question. And you need 12 hours. Basically, that's a big ball, uh, uh, a big picture ballpark number. Sure. You basically need 12 hours of rest, and uh, they could be reduced depending on the circumstances, but basically we look for about 12 hours between flights and uh, gives you enough time to work out a little bit, eat some some uh, nice meal and uh, go back and get ready for the next day. Shine your shoes and get your uniform ready. Right. No, and that's interesting because I don't, I don't think, I mean, I didn't know that. I'm sure most people don't know exactly how that works and, um, you know, that there's such a 
you know, it's documented, it's understood that you guys need a certain amount of, of rest, but then, hey, the plane still have to fly, so you're rotating people in and out. I think it's it's actually really fascinating. I think, I think people would be very interested to sort of see it in action if they could. Yes. <laughs> now, you know, we're getting a little low on time here, and I mean, I appreciate all the information, obviously. One question that I've had people uh, bring up uh, in terms of flying, uh, especially if you're looking at the commercial side of things with airlines, do you feel stressed? Do you feel pressured when you, I mean, do you think about, I have all of these people that are sort of, you know, they're relying on me to be able to do my job because it's not, you know, not to disparage anyone else who, you know, like my job. I mean, if I mess up, big deal, I misspoke. It doesn't affect anybody. If, if you mess up as a pilot, obviously there's some major uh, issues there. I mean, do you feel that stress and pressure at all? You are, well, that's what they call professional pilots. You, you're going to do your job in the most professional way that you can every time that you get in that cockpit. And you also instill a sense of camaraderie between yourself and the uh, first officer so that if you are making a mistake, he can bring it up. Hmm. So we, we have the liberty of telling each other, do you really want to do that? Or, or is that what you really wanted to? Or let's confirm that altitude that he cleared us to. Sure. And that way, it's a team effort. So by making it a team effort, you actually reduce the number of mistakes. And now you have two persons trying to do one job, and it works great because you back each other up. And, and uh, so it's really not one pilot taking you from point A to point B, but it's more a team. And not only the two pilots are part of the team, but you also have the dispatcher on the ground mm-hmm. monitoring that flight. And if he sees something that is not proper, he'll send you a message through the computer and you get it on your little display and he can ask you a question and you can answer and you make this. So you have more than two people making decisions. You have probably three people, sometimes even four, helping each other out. So it's it's definitely a team effort. There is stress, especially associated when you have to make uh, uh, weather decisions or uh, if the weather is not cooperating and it's a snowstorm or thunderstorms and things like that, you you are going to use every mean available. You use the weather radar and, and you use your ground resources like the dispatcher to make the best decision and the safest decision. So, yes, there is stress. Do you think about the stress? You you do not. You do not. That is that is your job. That's what you love to do and mm-hmm. and, and you perform to the best of your abilities. And, and uh, being a team effort, the degree of mistakes are very, very low, and that's that's why, it really, that's why flying is is safe. Yeah, I mean, and that that is true. I mean, you can see all the statistics you want about you know flying versus driving versus other types of uh, you know transportation. Um, you're you're right. The numbers all back that up. So, uh, and as you mentioned, you're going through all the different checkpoints, and you're making sure everything is is good to go. So, I, people who are worried about flying, you know, I get it, um, but definitely understand that. Uh, you guys do everything possible to make sure nothing goes wrong because you know how important that is. We always bring this question up, and it's, you know, I, I know it can be uncomfortable for some people, but, you know, our listeners want to know what sort of compensation is in this profession, you know, financially, benefits, that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, can you give sort of a ballpark range of, of if you do become, say, a commercial pilot, uh, the compensation side of things, whether it be salary or the benefits that come along with it, just a, a ballpark range to help people have an idea of what it's like. Absolutely. And and I would recommend anybody that's interested in on looking at all this and seeing the differences, because every company is a little different. Sure. There's a, a website called Airline Pilot Central. And uh, Airline Pilot Central takes 
every airline there is, and they spell out salaries, retirement plans, benefits. Oh, great! And uh, how many hours they are can, they're, they're expected to fly every month, and gives you a pretty big picture of uh, how you can progress. Uh, at Southwest, you start in the fifties as a new hire, and uh, and it goes into the six figures. And, and there's a twelve-year pay scale, and uh, and we move uh, based on seniority. Sure. So if you get hired in in 2013, in 2025, you'll be topped out on that scale, and uh, so your salary keeps going up every year. And uh, we also have a, a great savings account with the 401k, in which we save a little bit of tax deferred money for retirement, and it's matched by the company, 9.3%, which is fantastic. On top of that, we have uh, our profit sharing that entices you to do a a great job and save as much money as possible performing your job. That way, at the end of the year, when they say, okay, we made so many profits and here's the part that we're going to divide amongst the 40,000 employees, it's pretty nice to get another check. <laughs> <laughs> so so all those things help you and keep you on your toes. And, and uh, Airline Pilot Central will spell out everything to the penny. So people can go in there and multiply and divide and say, well, if I work this much or if I work this extra stuff, this is what I'm going to make. And uh, uh, But I gave you some, some ballpark figures. Well, and again, we appreciate it. And I think people just like to hear to get an idea. And obviously, you're letting them know uh, it, all the hard work and, and the school and the training, that sort of thing, it all definitely pays off. Now, as we sort of look to wrap things up here, I guess it's sort of going to give you the floor to finish up in terms of, uh, you know, what advice or, or just what you want to tell sort of the job seekers out there, people who might be interested in a position of pilot, uh, I guess, what would you want to tell them? What would you want to get out there as, uh, as your last piece of advice or encouragement uh, for those that, again, are interested in having a position just like you have? Okay. I'll, I'll tell you that this has worked. And in the pilot industry, we pay it forward. And there's no better way of saying that. We mentor people the same way we were mentors. So the first thing I would say is find a mentor. Find somebody to coach you through the process because they've already been through the process and they know the small details. No, you don't need to do this. Redirect your, your efforts toward, toward this other area and you'll be successful. Stay in school. Most everybody requires a bachelor's degree. So stay in school. Have a mentor. Decide what path you want to follow. You can have the uh, civilian path in which you would have to pay for all your training and then you would have to instruct. And while you're instructing, you're getting paid. So that money that you're getting paid, you put it back into the flying and eventually you'll have all the licenses and requirements that you need for uh, to become a commercial pilot. Or you can choose the military path in which you let Uncle Sam <laughs> uh, foot the bill. And <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and then you pay him back with time. But at the same time, you're getting the experience. The uh, requirements nowadays have gone up to 1,500 hours before you can even get a commercial job. So 1,500 hours, it's a lot of time. And uh, probably at least a couple, two, three, four years of flying before you can get to 1,500 hours. I I have been flying since 1981, and I got about 20,000 hours. So that gives you a ballpark idea. It's a slow process, but it's achievable. Have a good mentor. Have somebody that you can call or you can email and, 
and uh, stay in touch and follow the advice and and uh, you'll be you'll be a pilot. I'll I'll be I'll guarantee it. Well, Pedro, again, thanks a lot. Unfortunately, we do have to wrap things up here on I Want to Be a Pilot. Of course, this episode focusing on what it takes to be a pilot uh, here on LJN Radio. Our expert guest has been Pedro Reguero, a pilot with Southwest Airlines. And if you've been listening to the show, extremely experienced uh, and had a lot of information for us. Uh, Pedro, did you have any other uh, websites or other resources you wanted to mention for our, our listeners out there who might be interested? Or was it really just the one you were talking about? If you're interested in working for Southwest, southwest.com forward slash careers it spells out all the requirements and what you need to have to be able to apply at southwest and uh, uh, to become a pilot for southwest airlines and that should give you an idea of what you need to shoot for to uh, work and sit right next to me the next time we go to los angeles <laughs> <laughs> and, and what was the what was the name of that other website as well for so people have that airline pilot central and that one gives you a general idea of all the airlines. But obviously you're uh, encouraging those to, to look to Southwest. And as you said, sit right next to you. That's a nice little bonus. So, uh, <laughs> Pedro, again, thanks, thanks a lot for coming on, giving us sort of an inside look and giving our listeners really a lot of great information, including those resources. So uh, we do appreciate you being on today. I'm glad I could be participating. That I was able to participate in the uh, radio interview. I really enjoyed it. Uh, well, again, thank you to Pedro Reguero, as I mentioned, an experienced pilot with Southwest Airlines. And, of course, we'd like to hear from you, the listeners, as well. Uh, maybe you're interested in knowing about some other jobs. Just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you do have any comments or suggestions, really, for any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you again later.